Welcome to the IU Screw podcast. Oh, we get what we and where down we go Alright, we are uh, back. Lucky uh, 13. That's the episode for us here on the RU Screw Podcast, I guess, because maybe he's superstitious. Uh, Mike is not here with us today. This is a two-man podcast taping. We fired him. Somehow he's the one that got fired out of all this for for everything going on with Rutgers. (laughs) Mike Mike is not here. Uh, It's Adam, and uh, I'm here with Max. Hello, Max. Hey, what's going on? Uh, So, pretty, pretty horrendous weekend of... uh, Rutgers sports, and there is a lot to dive into, uh, and Max and I will get into that, but uh, we have something a little bit special. Um, We figured we had to make it somewhat cheery, and we found a way to get Jamal Westerman um, to come to my house, oddly enough, and uh, our our first in-person interview. um, He was awesome. It is a really, really fun interview. It's long, so you, you can enjoy it maybe over a couple of uh, different, you know, times you're going to listen, whatever you need to do. Uh, but he, he was awesome, Max. And I think he really kind of gave us really everything from his career at Rutgers to the professional career. A to, lot of Canada talk. Yeah, Canada. Yeah, learned a lot about Canadian football. Yeah, so so that was good. So we're going to get into it right away. Uh, let you listen to the interview with uh, Jamal Westerman. After that, we will dive into everything that was Rutgers Penn State. But more importantly, our interview with Jamal Westerman. Jamal Westerman is with us, um, technically in studio. I am in the studio. It seems very studio-ish. It's more, it's more in dining room. Um, yeah. Were you expecting like a studio, or what were you expecting when you walked in? Like one of those old, you know, closets with the foam on the wall to keep the sound out. The old hustle and flow closet, you know, hip hop music going on. No, no, nah, yeah, that's not how we do around. No, yeah, no. my wife won't let me do it just yet. We gotta, we gotta start small and and then we go from here. I did mention though, I called her earlier and I was like, hey, so former Rutgers player is going to be over the house. She's like, oh, thank God I cleaned the house today. <laughs> and then I was like, by the way, former NFL player and in the CFL. And she's like, you got, I, I'm coming home from work. <laughs> no, I got to bake him some cookies or something. So that's the type of shit you'd get here. Not not is a it, real studio. A, a you get that. I, don't, so I can where work are the on cookies? that. I don't, she, she's well, on her way back maybe at some point. Uh, I, I, I apologize. But uh, so yeah, we we appreciate you coming down to to check us out. Uh, you're obviously back in Jersey because uh, of the fact that you've been hurt yes. uh, this year. You're with the Hamilton Tiger Cats now, the CFL. Um, so first off, how how you feeling? What 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 happened? Achilles, Achilles tear. Oh, yeah, oh. you know you know when it happens, but it didn't happen pushing off. It happened just leaning on somebody, which is weird. And you feel like this thing, and you fall, and you know like, wait a minute, that's not supposed to happen. <laughs> so I didn't even do the whole get up and try to walk. I just laid there. They're like, what's wrong with your arm? I'm like, yeah, it's the Achilles. So, wow. So it was tough. I mean, but you have surgery. It's kind of like a bad day at work. You know, you get when you're an athlete. Once you're in it, I've had six or seven surgeries. It's turned into like a bad day at work. All right, just rehab it now. You're back home for a little bit. You know, it just it was it just was horrible watching us lose uh, on Saturday on Sunday yesterday. We lost to uh, Ottawa, which was actually Anthony Trophies on that team. Mm, oh, yeah. He had a big interception in that game, which is congratulations, <laughs> Trophy. You know, but uh, could have dropped that one for us. But yes, yeah, having a blast. Was having a blast up there. You know, a lot of we got a lot of couple Rutgers guys up there. You know, throughout the years that I played against, so it's a good time. 
So for for you, this has been kind of a, a couple of years of movement for you in the CFL. Oh yeah. Um, the craziest thing to me, I guess, for those that maybe are like doing that like last second like Wikipedia search, like where where are you now? You were traded uh, from the Alouettes, correct, to yes. to where you are now in in Hamilton. You were in the Johnny Manziel trade. Well, see, I like to say he was in my trade. <laughs> he was in the Jamal Westerman trade. Uh, that guy, Johnny, you've heard of him. Well, pretty good player, yeah. decent, you know, pretty good guy. Well, you've you know. proven a lot more in the CFL than he has. So I, you know, that's why I like this thing. But everybody said you're in the Johnny trade, so I, I'll take it, man. I actually got to play with him my rookie, uh, his rookie year in Cleveland. I was in camp with him, so he, he's a. He's a good dude. He's a quiet guy there, so I, I guess he turns it on and turns it off as he, as he can. What's it? What's it like? Get getting the call and finding that you're going somewhere else. I mean, as as a professional athlete, I guess now to this point in your career, I, I know you've been around many places, so maybe it gets easier. Does it? I have never been traded, which is a lot different because at on one end you're you're not with the team that you kind of built the off season with. You went mm-hmm. to camp with. You know, you're making these friends and these bonds and then you get a well I wish I got a call I kind of saw it on Twitter Twitter is I guess nobody wants to call anymore they just you know they just say it and you have to get a a text from somebody else saying, hey, check out Twitter. Wait, someone from the team didn't call you? Hey, listen, man, this is it's busy. They had to get Johnny in and, you know, they had to get him, you know, so it's, it didn't work out for me as, you know, I didn't get a, you know, I kind of got the, hey, did you see Twitter today? I'm like, oh, what happened? Yeah, I think you need to check it out. And then it's like, boom, you've been traded. And it's like, we need you here tomorrow morning in eight hours. And can you drive all your stuff down and move my family up to Montreal? So it's been a, that time was very hectic. It was very crazy. But, it, but it's, on one end, you're traded away, but on the other end, somebody wants you. So it was kind of, and I understand where the team was going. Where, you know, Montreal was looking for a quarterback, and they felt that, you know, Johnny could be that guy that rocked for them and kind of helped them, you know, not only gain a better team, but maybe more fans, more notoriety. So I can, I understood it, not that I liked it. But, you know, honestly, getting to Hamilton was cool, man. They're a great organization from what I've seen. I like the coaching staff and a lot of the players, you know, it's always weird walking into a new locker room mid year because, You've played against these guys a couple of times, and you've you know you don't say nice things to them. You know on the field, you're like you know, and you see the old linemen now, and they're like they give you that look. You're like, hey man, what's up, man? Great play. Like, you gotta be cool now. And they're looking at you like, hey, that's not. He just told me f off, and I'll kill you. And I'm like, hey man, great to be here. So it's always difficult, always crazy, but it was a great fun. I had a lot of fun there until I got hurt. But a great group of guys there, great group of guys. We had a Jerry Glanville at DC. Oh yeah, which is I know he was still floating around. Oh my goodness, great DC. I mean, cool guy. Like he's, I actually enjoyed playing for him. I mean, he's fired up guy. He's an older guy, but he's had so many great stories and so many different philosophies on how to play the game, which is, is, is amazing and crazy. June Jones is the head coach, and he's still rocking those, <laughs> still rocking the Hawaiian shirt. Wait, wait, wait. Man. He's still wearing the Hawaiian oh, shirt? Man. He's in Canada rocking <laughs> rocking the Hawaiian shirt, man. Does he have the lay? He got the lay? He doesn't wear it all the time. Okay. I think he busts it out okay. for special occasions. Uh-huh. You know, you can't just every day, you know, That's bust great. out a lay, you know. So a lot of, like, you know, historical coaches, old school guys that – been around, seen everything, which is cool because they they know the lay of the land. They know how to play the game. They know how to coach the game, and they know how to treat the players. So I actually I enjoyed it. it Suck that I got hurt, but I enjoyed the time to being there, especially with those guys on the team. Good group of guys. So for our listeners who aren't that familiar with Canadian football, right. can you kind of explain the kind the of the weird differences well, between Canadian football okay. and American football? So Canadian football, you have twelve men instead of eleven. So you normally have another receiver, right? Um, or another DB normally. So you go, basically it's like a nickel, double nickel with like one high safety. That's people normally play. You got a, a limited motion with the receiver, similar to if you watch our, our Ritalies. So they call it the waggle. 
and they come from 20 yards, hit the line They're at full flying. speed. I would never want to play DB up there. I would never want to play DB. You get burned by him pretty quickly. He's at his full speed off the line, and you're standing standing flat-footed. So that's another difference with the motions. And then you have bigger field. It's longer, 110. End zone is 20 yards. So there's not really that red zone. It gets shorter. And, Mm -hmm. no, they're running double moves in the end zone. And then what's another thing with the CFL? It's a little different. Field is wider. So more space in, more of the – college game where they want to throw the screens, let the guys run, find the one-on-one matchups, you know, and similar to what we've seen in the NFL, how they're developing this. When I went up to see if I'm like, okay, this is what at the time the Patriots were doing hurry up offensive. There's a shorter clock, 20 seconds, get the game moving, throw the ball around a lot more running than passing. But the teams, especially late in the year when it gets cold, they can run the ball a little bit or throw those passes that kind of turn into runs, you know, to short pass, get five, seven yards. Those are teams that succeed. So it's a little bit different. Fun game to play. I mean, it's guys three, are all over. Three downs, three, Oh, no. my goodness. Three downs is you're just like – but it's fast. 20 seconds in between. So the special team guys don't even sit down. Looking at the guys, all right, you're up. Punt, punt, return. <laughs> and they're just tired. And you got the goal post in the middle of the field. So how often does someone just like <sighs> slam into that goal post? Offense is horrible. Offenses run plays where they run the guy <laughs> right to the post until the quarterback throws it to the post. Uh-huh. You know, but but then on the other end, coming out, I've seen a quarterback. Well, I've seen our quarterback. <laughs> I think he hit it three times. Uh, Jeremiah Mazzoli. Oh, okay, from uh, Ole Miss, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. He was at uh, Oregon. Oregon, too. Yeah. For the right. Ole Miss. So he's, I mean, he threw for three, five thousand yards up there. Mm. Tore it up up there. But it was a game that he hit the, the post, throwing it out of the end zone two times. Now, are there rules as far as roster construction about how many like Canadians have to be yeah, on a team? You, so ha- basically, or? half the team is Canadian. Okay. So as you go, about twenty-two players are Canadian. You know, the other half is American. So you go seven Canadians have to start somewhere on the roster. So okay. it, it's basically that I've talked to some of the GMs, even the um, the GMs in the NFL, some of the scouts. It's a little bit di- harder for the roster construction up there because you have to have these guys. You know, and I'm Canadian too. Right. So you have to kind of look at okay, you have a Canadian defensive end who's going to back him up if he goes down is it another Canadian or you may not have that so you put an American in there you have to find where you're going to put your other Canadian so the roster construction the way they do that is a little bit more challenging because there is a quota that has to be met right. you know that has to be met throughout the game or it's like a penalty or you can get fined or something like that so most teams are good at it I mean most of the guys that, that have been up here a lot of CFL coaches go up and stay so they understand how that's done but that's nuts for me too <laughs> not enough Canadians on the field everybody just have to be the that's a penalty that's your fine now but it's like I get so you brought that up I was going to ask the question kind of what do you Count as because Canadian. your your story is really interesting though, yes. and then we we'll get into kind of the Rutgers aspect here of it is um, your you were you raised in Brooklyn, born, born in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn. I, I love New York, so I, I was born in Brooklyn, okay. but raised in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Right. Okay. So you go down there and you play one your freshman year. Freshman right? year high school, I played down there, but every summer of my whole life we went up to Canada because my mother's Canadian. Okay. Or both my parents from Barbados. She moved to Canada, so her gotcha. family's Canadian. So we used to up there all the time. So I've always been because the white clearly too. Barbados too. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah, you needed to really like that. So let's go to Canada. How about Miami? No, no, no. Yeah, let's bypass all that. Place. This is Toronto, please. It's cold, <laughs> but the food is amazing. The people are great, and the people are nice. Yeah, so, no, they very, so, very fun. a lot of so stories. I'm a dual citizen, so I count as, as a Canadian. Okay, you know, so I and I've always. Even at my Rutgers, Brampton, I've always been a Canadian guy. You know, everyone's like, oh, you're Canadian. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Florida Canadian, Asian, New Yorker, Jersey guy. I'm a Jersey guy. How many horrendous, like, A jokes did, like, people throw at you? You know what? It was 
Yeah, it was. It was. It hurt until Drake came. And then Drake brought the Canada. Yeah. Like I don't. Everybody was like, "Listen, man, can we get up to Toronto sometime?" <laughs> you know, I think this Drake guy, the Raptors game, and then we had the bowl game up there my uh, junior year. Right. Oh wait. And I still get calls today. I get the text every the end of the summer because that's when they have the Carabana, which is a big carnival festival music Caribbean uh, in Toronto. And I always get it from my buddy. Actually, he uh, he's the head coach of New Brunswick, Nick Harris. Hey man, let's, let's go up to Carabana because he enjoyed that bowl game. All well, the guys, the team all of a sudden, they like it now. Canada's a nice place. To I, go, I, I agree. Been up to Toronto. I like Montreal. I'm all, I'm all for it. Especially not in the winter as much. I gotta be. I, you know what? In the winter, it's tough. But I was, I was, I was in Winnipeg cold. in the winter, which is right. Minnesota is, North. That's worse. so. Yeah, I, Toronto, I I love it in the winter. I can. Oh, it was okay. Man. So okay, so you you wind up going. At, were you at St. Thomas Aquinas? Yes, yeah, St. Thomas Aquinas. Yeah. Freshman year, so you go back up at Notre Dame Academy. Yeah, for Notre, Notre Dame uh, Secondary School. Okay, high school. Basically. Right. So so you're up there. Um, how how does Greg Schiano find you? <laughs> how, how do, do you I find at, him? Yeah. How do you how do you wind up at Rutgers? Every literally probably every D one. Maybe half of D1 doublets have Jamal Westerman highlight tape somewhere in their archive. <laughs> I said, because it was VHS. You're a hustler. So I'm in the, you know, I'm in the library in the VHS room, like doing them up, doing my taste. Hello, my name is Jamal Westerman. I'm lying. I'm six foot five, <laughs> two twenty, outside linebacker, DN, running back. I'm just lying. I'm lying. I'm not gonna lie. Metric system. I just need them to see me. I just need them to, to take You're a not look. gonna lie now, you were lying. Oh, no, I was lying then. Now I'm like I started out probably six three, probably six two now. You know, <laughs> ten years in the spine, it kinda curves a little bit. I'm just sending tapes out, sending tapes out to all the schools and going on visits, you know, t- went down to the Michigan camp, just trying to find a way to get in front of the scouts. And that's now with huddle and the way that you guys do it now, it's just different. It's mm-hmm. so it's easier because now you can be seen. But back then, for me, it was just getting seen. So I would go to camps, and they would have these little mini combines, like every month or so, that a guy up there, Ron Diaz, ran. And the, you know, the schools would come up. You know, Rutgers, Miami, Stanford. You know, they'll come up. Michigan, since it was close, and they'll you know recruit guys. And I was just sending tapes out, trying to get recruited. And we had um, Jason Nugent. He was a safety at Rutgers, so he went to my high school in Canada. So I was like, "All right, give this to the coach." You're in, and you just kind of, and you just hoping you, you know, you hope that somebody sees you and likes what they see because you kind of get that bias that, well, hey, I know you play, you know, you're Florida guy, but you're in Canada now. How's the competition? You know, are you really into it, or is it just something fun that you do? So I mean, it was difficult, but uh, you know, came on my visit here. I mean, Coach Shannon was cool. I mean, he's he's Coach Shannon. I mean, he's he was a very, very great coach for me because you need that discipline. He's a tough coach to play for. I enjoyed it because you look back and like all those little nuances, all the little, they helped me, you know, continue my career. But he definitely tricked me when I came <laughs> Definitely. I, I, I love him, but he definitely he got me in the room in the high end. I'll never forget the last day of the visit. Sending me home is me, maybe like 15 or 16 other defensive linemen. And I was coming in January, so this is, November. This is like around now, like recruiting time. You know, you're going on your visit. So I'm, I'm in early. And this enrolled. is November of 03 or 02 even. Three. Okay. November so 03. Wow. Okay. So they right. just beat Syracuse. That was the last game I see. They beat Syracuse. I'm on my visit. You know, you go to New York. We go to ESPN Zone, Times Square. I'm like, man, this is, you know, I'm having a great time. And I get in the meeting. I'm like, all right, you know, they want me. They want me. And I had like Boise State, Stanford, a couple other schools really, you know, were looking into me. He gets me in the room, he, kind of, he hits like the Cociano mind meld on me. Like he just got me. I'm sitting there, he's like, I'm like, yeah, you know, 
so I like the visit. He's like, oh, so you like it. Can you see yourself playing here? Had my script. Like, I can really see myself playing here, Coach. But I want to get home to my family to really make my decision. Because you want to take your visits, man. You want to see the world. You want to see the different places. I think I was going to, I want to say it was Michigan State. I was at my last visit where they came in late. And they were like, hey, we want you to come out to campus. I like, get in the room with him. He's like, all right, cool. I said, you know, thank you. I kind of turned my back. And he's on the phone with my mom. Now, I don't know how he dialed that number <laughs> yeah. so quick. He said, Miss Westerman, Jamal wants to tell you something. So I'm like, I mean, hey, Mom, Shut how you doing? She's like, oh, so you're going to Rutgers, huh? I'm like, I look over at Coach Shiano, and he always had this smile. He's just looking at me with this smile. He says, he does the head nod up and down. And I'm like, yeah, Mom, I'm going to Rutgers. I'm like, I hang up the phone. He's like, I knew you made the right decision. And I left the room. I'm like, what just happened? I'm going to Rutgers. I'm, I'm going to, hey, Mama, yeah, I'm, I'm going to Rutgers. She's like, all right, I thought you were going to wait. I'm like, it just felt right, I guess. He, he, he made it feel right. He, guy figured out a way to close. Yeah, he, he Especially closed. early on because guys like you were important to, yeah. to building something because everybody obviously remembers from 06 and on. You redshirted in 2004. That was, I mean, I'll never forget it as a fan of Michigan State game right. to open up that yeah. season. I mean, I could forget what happened after that, obviously, with New Hampshire. Yeah, it's not, it's we don't we like to talk about that. You experienced it. Yeah, it's not do um, that. We're time in the locker room after Right. That. So, I mean, that, that obviously was a year where also the terrible car accident, it, it just really derailed a lot in yes. where I thought you guys were going to really maybe be ahead of schedule and take that next if step. If not for that car accident, we went to bowl that year. Because I think we were four and yeah, one. Yeah, you guys were four, four, four and two, two or four, four and two or right something like that, that before then. Then those uh, Dondre, yeah. uh, Mandy, Man and EG got in the car accident on um, homecoming yeah. against Temple, and that kind of because those were two of our start our starting safety, our starting DB, and our starting like Nickelback. You could feel everything change at that it, it point did. too. It, it was did. it was. I mean, I remember seeing, hearing, and and reading the reports too. I mean, it's, it wasn't great at first and. I'm obviously, you guys. I think I don't think you guys won a, another game the rest of the year. Right. I think you finished with four wins. Yeah. Um, but then 05, that's your first year playing. Yes. Um, and I mean, you kind of came on on the scene and, and made a little bit of noise early on. I have a four sacks my first year. Yeah, five sacks. I, 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 I missed like 40 though. At what point do the coaches like they're like their eyes kind of pop open a little bit? Like we got we got oh, something no, special no, here. No, 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 no they don't know about don't, you. Don't know about Coach Seattle, man. Do that. It's not the. Oh, He's yeah, not gonna no, let you feel your. Oh no, 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 no! He's gonna ride <laughs> you harder to till you really maximize that potential, right? You, maybe around the junior year you get to look like uh, hey. Pretty good player, huh? I'm like, yeah, thanks, coach. I've been doing it for Steven Sachs for two years. But, no, I mean, that year was definitely a, a, a crazy year. You had that big – I think you, you had a good game that in that 05 year, the Cincinnati game where you guys had – I think you had clinched the bowl game the week before that. Um, the Cincinnati game towards the, the end of the season. I think Grutzel was the quarter QB then. You had a couple had of two, takedowns on him. Two and a half. Jeff, um, was it Jeff? Two, two sacks, two sacks, two sacks. Yeah, and a forced fumble. Yeah. See, got it right. There you there. go. I, I should have had three. I think that E. Foster, was... E. Foster is like the sack stealer. That's with you, D. Lyman. It's like I got two, but I should have had three. Oh man, because it's always that one, and you know it. And because you know why, the coaches kill you for it. Uh-huh. You get to me because so my rookie, my first year playing 05, they had a chart on the ball on the board, and I thought, okay, this is you know for the sacks, and it was miss sacks. And like my ticks were like fifteen. Like you cost in the sex. It's a lot easier to take to make counts of those. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, I didn't really. But I was the only young guy playing. It was Ryan Neal was the one in. I think he ended that year with ten. And Val Barnaby was the other. And some of the guys spelling both of them and getting a little pass rush on third downs on the inside and. I missed, like, and it was just, like, me being out of my gap, me not sitting in the edge. You're like, that's a missed sack. I'm like, well, he did the same thing. Right. But it's like, shut up. That's a missed sack. <laughs> so Eric Foster was a sack stealer. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
I mean, he'd be all JOP, man, jump on pile. Like, what are you doing over here? Before they he'd get up and do the chop, he'd do a chant, and then you forget your two sacks and go to go on his record. And you're like, wait a minute, wait, wait, hold on. Cameron time is important. You figure it out quickly, man. You gotta get up quick. That man. South Florida game made him in 06. I was like, all of a sudden, I was like, oh. Shoot, you're that, the that face was, of it. That was a great time. I like that time was a great time. Cause that song, like the chant is the chant, but the song is like an old disco song. Like da 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 ow. Now you everybody knows that song. So listen, if you get Greg Shadow kind of bobbing his head a little bit and feeling it, that's where you like you you, you, you you've turned the corner now. Cause you can't because all the teams together doing yep. it. So now as a coach, you gotta like you gotta let it ride. And we would love because it's an old song, it's a disco. We're not I mean 2004, who was listening to disco? But we were like everything that 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 everybody's dancing, Ray's going crazy, Leonard E. Foster. I mean, it, it was definitely a great time to be, you know, especially for me, you know, being in Canada, not really sure like if people can give you scholarships, you know, you're in Canada now, they're coming for you and just being with that team and those years, the bigger thing for us too, we were so tight and we developed together, but we stayed pretty much healthy. I think that's what kind of helped us maybe overachieve a little bit because we stayed healthy and the guys just grinded, man, just grinded it out. Who was the guy on those teams that was like the crazy guy? The guy you knew not to mess with? Like, the, you know, if you're pulling a prank, you know who not to mess Quintero with. Quintero Frierson. Quinny. Quintero <laughs> Frierson. Like, great, like, great dude, but you didn't want to play those jokes with him. You, you, you know, you play the joke and he give you that look, you like, ah, I know we're like the same age, but he seems like he, he's very mad and I'm just gonna, hey, all right, Quinny, my bad. You know, give him the head nod, mm-hmm. give him the all right, Quinny. But then in your back, you're like, man, you probably would have to kill him. <laughs> Not a good idea. Who's the prankster? Who's the prankster? Big one. Mm. I mean, you got to go Eric Foster, man. He, Eric Foster, Ramel Meekins. He's actually still working at Rutgers. He, he always used to pull some pranks. But, we, you know, we didn't have pranksters. It was just you knew, like, every, somebody's coming for you. Somebody's coming for you some way. And we, we were a tight team, man. So we had a good time with it. And Is that what made 06 special? Because... I, and Mike, Mike, when we had Teal on a couple weeks ago, said it. it. It was just a different feel that year for you guys. Um, and you could, by the way, take full-on credit for the week before saving that UConn game. Listen, man, it. listen. I never – you know block what? Punt, listen. Recover your own block punt for a touchdown. See, and that's the – Hell you know yeah. What? See, that story right there would be so great. I didn't recover the punt. Did you not – Listen, it looks like it doesn't. It don't do it to me. I'm not going to be so, say because now I actually block the punt. No, block the punt. Oh. Go to scoop it. This is Shannon telling me, you didn't bend at the hips, knees, and ankles. <laughs> That's how we, we, we practice this every day, scooping the ball. Mm. I bend down, I trip over my old feet, fly over the ball. I think Manny Collins ends up picking it up. I'm like, well, oh. I'm the one that blocked it. And then I think I had like a sack You fumble. had the sack fumble, but I think Manny picked up that one. That maybe that, I didn't get any of it. Like, I didn't get yeah. any of the touchdowns. I think there's video. I saw a video of you either maybe either being dragged by Manny on that fumble recovery. or Either way. Maybe just trying to get in the limelight. Listen, just take from the fact that it wasn't like sleepwalking is like a weird term that fans and like media people use. Like, you guys played and you beat UConn that day to get to Louisville undefeated. But, but it, I mean, it you, that was defense. That was no, a defensive listen, game for you the guys. The Big East back then, and I'm not trying to knock any other conference, but top to bottom, I think it was the most equal among the team. So it's not like you had the Alabamas and you had the team that couldn't do right. anything. UConn, West Virginia, us, Louisville, Cincinnati, we were all recruited by the same teams. All the coaches want the same type of guys. So we're all similar. So every game, you may think we're undefeated, UConn's not. But they was like, hey, but he could have been at Rutgers and I could have been at UConn. You know what I'm saying? So those games that we were able to win in the margins, whereas like Donnie Brown's going off and 
you got Kevin Malich. Hey, you know, that's, that's a guy South Jersey guy. I'm like, all right, I'm all right, Mal. And like, that's South Jersey guy. I'm like, all right. It's like 100 yards and 150. What do you end up with? Like two? And it was like yeah. two, at least 200. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, man. You're like, Most of it in the third quarter, I think. Yeah. And we won the game. We're like, well, you know, it doesn't really matter anymore. I'm on to, on to Louisville. I mean, do you, what do you remember most about that that night, the Louisville game, everything that led up to it? I mean, I, it seems to me that as a player, as a fan, it's the greatest moment ever for you guys. That's got to be uh, – can you ever forget that, that? No. The week leading up was different because we erected the stands in the end zone. So normally, you know, how Coach Yana was, you know, outside, nothing. Stay focused on the task. One eleven, one game season. You know, focus, you know, stay in the moment. Chop the moment. Stay in it. When you see the stands, you're like, hey, what are you, what are you talking about? Stay in the moment. There's some stands over there. There's a little bit more people. And we're like, you think they're going to – they're not going to sell it out there, are they? And then you hear the students are lining up on, what was it, Thursday? Uh, I want to say it was, well, the game was No, the game was Thursday. So, so, so it was Tuesday. Tuesday. Monday or Tuesday, the, the, the yeah. Tuesday, and you're like, oh, my goodness, this is going to be nuts. Yeah, Greg kissing babies, handing out pizza. Man, it was, it, was, it was a great week leading up to it, a great week. And, I mean, Brian Brom, it's not like we were playing a team that we were like, yeah, we're going to blow them out. We're like, number three team some, in the country. They got some, they had some fire in the year before. We all know what happened. Yeah. You know, the 56 year. to 5, stomp yeah. on the logo. We didn't stomp on the logo, man. We did it. We did that every single week. <laughs> the bird happened to be here. Every ass. single week, we punted it. The last thing we did before we went in before the game, we punted it from the end zone to the middle of the field. He caught it. We came together. We did a little dance. You leave, and then you see people like, don't stomp on our logo. I mean, like, it just I didn't. Like, I yeah. didn't stop with a logo. It happened to be a better punt. Win that oh, night, no, carry the ball. Put it in the yards. I mean, right. it's it's like, you're on the one. You know, you, you work your backed up punt. Did you guys after that? Did you guys flip anything around and start kicking it towards the end zone after that? Was that like timeout? We're done with that. Yeah, like, we're done with yeah. that. We're done with that. Right? It's like yeah. very, Listen, guys. Um, we're going to do a little different yeah. this week. Like, uh, no logo to be involved. This is flipping around. So that was yeah. That was so. Then the next year you play them, you're like, all right, like we got to play our game plan and. The game was just nuts. It's like, you almost forget the game because you're just in it and you're just like, listen, you're not even thinking about winning or losing and thinking like this one play. Because really, to play them, you had to kind of think like that because they were really so right. good and so prolific as an offense that at times, I mean, I was talking to Braun because I ended up playing with him in Winnipeg. He's like, y'all were running crazy coverages. I'm like, nah, it was just we'll switch. Only half the guys would get this, the check. So you got one half running, running like cover two, where the other guys are doing something else, and he's looking crazy. He, him he and his brother, going on. him and his brother are going at it, going at it <laughs> on the sideline. He doesn't know what's happening. I'm like, yeah, because we don't know what's happening either. So it was, it was a crazy game, especially for defense. I mean, you you stopped, you know, you got to win over that offense, right? right? And we, and then it was kind of that, all right, we're here, like, you know, we can play with anybody, and that's how we felt that year, that we can play with anybody, and we're literally. You know, we lost to Cincinnati the next week, right. and that was us. I mean, we didn't – that was a, a program loss, I believe. Yeah. Coaching staff, us as players, everybody, we lost that. But Brent Selick is still running. <laughs> was that a screen, right? <laughs> this screen. Kevin's kept running, yeah. We were we were feeling ourselves a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I'm you, not even – I'm not – like, I, you know, you, blame you. you look back at it, and you just did a – and I think everybody from the coach, you know, everybody said it just you did something different. Like, I am I got the new Michael Vick cleats that week. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, you know, I go back there, uh, equipment manager. I'm like, you know, I need, you know, it was, it was Pat, Pat and you. I said, Pat, you let me get the, the cleats. They're like, you're too heavy. I'm like, 
Come on, man. You know, let me get the Michael Vick with the white stripe. I can dance her feet. Listen, after that game, I threw those cleats in the garbage. I never yeah. wore them again. Because you were just like, I can't believe we let that happen. I yeah. Think they, yeah, they did what they had to do to win. But you were like, and then they ran on the field. Oh. Yeah, I, but that's cool, though, right? Right. Like, we got to a point where Rutgers loses to a team and they run on the, on the field the after. Field. That's pretty cool. But that, the week before, that, they were running on the field for you. Right. So yeah, yeah, you yeah, had yeah, the, yeah. literally the, the opposite. Uh-huh. Yeah. It, the week right. before, it's sack, fall. sack mm-hmm. fumble, game yeah. over. They're on the field. You're dying because you're underneath yeah. the pod. You cannot breathe. It, it's fun for two seconds. Right. Who was the say? Was it um? Was it Ron Gerald who some reason was like laying out in the end zone? It was either yeah, him. Was, or it was, somebody was here like, like it was get up because like there's a bunch of moronic listen, eighteen to twenty two year olds drunk and it's like <laughs> it was it was probably one the closest I've come to death because <laughs> you're laying under the pod. So I'm on the field last play. We blitz him. We're like, great, Coach Young, We're gonna blitz him. We're gonna blitz. We blitz him. I think Devron, like, sack, fumble, yeah. ball goes in the air. We win the game. They're running the field. You're cool. Hey, you hug the first guy. Boom. Hey, second guy. I don't know you, but hug for you, too. Right. Then you feel this thing on your back. You fall to the ground. And I'm under the pile. Like, yeah, we win. Give me your gloves. Give yeah. me your helmet. Give me this. You're no, like, there, there was no giving. Oh. There was like, I'm taking these gloves. You're like, leave my fingers, please. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm under the pile breathing. I'm like, all right. Inhale, exhale. Inhale, exhale. Then it was no more inhale. I'm like, oh, crap. This is it. Yeah. This is it. And I, I have the Louisville ball. The last play, I have that ball at home because I used it to poke people to get them off me. So I had that ball sitting at the house. Wait, you have the final the play. Final you play have the final play. The ball. final football. I had the Louisville. I've always wondered where that ball is because I saw like it kind of like. It went up and then it went to. Right. I have it. It had the Louisville Cardinal on it. And it was like my weapon. Get off me. People are pulling your mouth. I'm like, what are you? It's my mouthpiece. Max uh, stole the kicking ball. I saw, yeah, from the Louisville sideline. I've got a Louisville kicking ball. ball. Yeah, I got the Louisville logo on. I got that too. All along, he's been saying that's the final ball. (laughs) I have the final ball. I'm like, no, I have the final ball. I have the pictures in the locker room after. And the best time was you work your way out the crowd. My wife was there, and we we had just started dating. So she had a sign. I think, who needs Superman when you have Western Man? You know, we're going crazy. You work your way out the crowd. It felt like it took forever. You go in the locker room, and... All the coaches. That's the first time I think you've seen the coaches' faces, and it was like all of them were just ecstatic. Because normally you get, you win, but the oh, defensive line didn't do that well. Or, you know what, we could have done better. You know, right. they're in the coach moment. I think that moment, they all sat and just took it into with right. us, which was cool. You know, they all took it in. And we had coaches, older coaches, younger coaches, some from down south, some from, you know, Jersey born and bred. But they all took it in at the same moment. I think we all kind of grew together. Throughout that season, so right. that that was the, the amazing part about it that you were able to enjoy with your coaches, where normally it'd be, all right, good game, but you did this wrong. Like, all right, coach, yeah, there's nothing did. to say after that. Right, it was just like, hey guys, we did it, yeah. man. It, it, it was definitely please, a please don't die tonight. <laughs> like, just like we, you, we're not stopping you from like right. the only thing they could have done to prevent you guys from enjoying that is lock you in the yes. health center, and that that otherwise, because you're was on your own, man. That night, mm-hmm. being on college, that was. Said, that that is pretty. Crazy. So you got out that night because oh. Mike Teal told us he didn't really get a chance no, to get out. He's a quarterback, right? Yeah. Different, man. Uh-huh. You know, the quarterback, my shoulder. Yeah. Everybody's on him. <laughs> you know, hey, I was out that night, man, and just you know, and you were out just to feel the energy. Mm-hmm. You know, just to feel the people like, yeah, man, this is our school, man. This is us. I walked around carrying that football I had for like three hours, <laughs> walking around. <laughs> I was like, where'd you get that? Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. at the game, ran on the field. Yeah. Everybody has a story from that uh, night. Every story is unique mm-hmm. because everybody was at a different part of it. Everybody and they, you get to enjoy it together. And I think that's cool. You know, just being in Jersey for so long now that most people in Jersey have a story about that night. You know, I train kids now up at Test. Oh yeah, I remember I was five and my sister was there and I went with her and 
and I was 10 years old, and that's why I really wanted to go to Rutgers. You know, everybody has a story about that. That's pretty yeah, cool. You guys started that trend where it became cool to, to say I went to Rutgers yes. or I'm applying to <laughs> Rutgers, and, and, I mean, you guys turned it into big-time athletics. I mean, 06, nobody will forget. Um, I mean, you you play with some unbelievable talent. The only thing, I regret not asking Mike this because we were doing a special on the 06 game. So I'm going to ask you this because I, I actually was sick. I was supposed to call this game down at Navy. I think it, was, it must have been a year later. Or when you guys uh, really oh eight oh eight okay oh eight oh eight we so you started one one and one and five yeah. this is a kind of, game you, you yeah. Mike about that so no so I, I we we wanted to focus on two thousand six I didn't want to bring it up to him because I've asked him all, all, like not on the air about this when he punches Wedley <laughs> at what point do you guys go oh shit what did he just do like did you guys even know about it you don't know. But then you hear, hey, you see what, I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, what the hell is Glenn doing? That's, that's the first thing. What the hell is Glenn doing? Glenn, leave him alone. Like, it's, you know what it is, man. You're, we're, it's heat of the moment. I get you're it. You're such in the heat of the moment. You're so around each other so much. And it's just like, I don't know what Glenn was, was doing. That, I kind of was like, it was kind of nice to see that passion out of Mike there. Like what? a guy who was like so stoic all the time. You know, but kind of, you know, 06, 07, wait, kind of that time, college football, you want your quarterback to be the... CEO, business guy, yeah. don't no emotions. When like, he's just like, I mean, he's a passionate guy. I mean, he's a Jersey guy. He, not, he wants nothing more than for he's a Jersey guy. Yeah. And for Glenn, <laughs> Glenn runs up, and I'm like, ah. you see the replay, you're like, yeah, Glenn, you didn't, yeah. I don't know, maybe yeah. Glenn ignited the fire. You guys yeah, went, he on, did, he he went did. on a roll after. So that. you're saying Glenn? Eventually, eventually. Well, what do we who do we lose after that? Uh, so you beat Morgan State the next week, then you lost 24-17 to West Virginia, 13-10 to Cincinnati. Uh, then you had that homecoming win against UConn that then, off the goalpost, and, and then Mike Teal turned into Peyton Manning. Yes. So Glenn was like the. You saying Glenn is the the, the match? <laughs> did he, did he like the fire? Yeah, maybe that's all. Three weeks later, he's just. <laughs> I just. It was one of those things. Where I, it was just. I, I don't know. That moment always. It was crazy because the player you're watching it right, and you see you see things. But normally, all of our stuff is behind doors. We were a very tight team that we didn't let out too much because we knew that. Not that it could be destroyed, but everybody didn't have to know and, everything. And you guys had put, ex- I mean, because of how well you had guys have done in 05 and 06. Oh, 08. Expectations all of a sudden Listen, were 08, out the window. I mean, if you think about the receivers, the receiving group that we Dude. had. I mean, we had Kenny Britt, Ty. Tyquan, uh, Tim Brown. Uh, was Dennis Campbell still? I think DC was still there, Dennis Campbell. We had Kevin Brock at tight end, who at the time... You know, we're expecting to, to to blow up, and he, he ended up you know playing. I think three or four years in the NFL. But Timmy was still on that team. too. Timmy was on that team, so we had like this passing attack with Teal going into his uh, senior year. You think about this passing attack, we just started and we just, but we lost Ray. Yeah. We lost a running back, and it takes a little time. We lost a couple of old linemen and fast to gel together. So we always we were in the game, we were playing, and we never were like this season is lost. But it was more of. We have to find it. We have to find what we can find, and we have to go find it because people, are, you know, we're not. Oh yeah, we just beat Rutgers. Like yeah, you guys were yeah. ranked and all that. We're gonna people. Were te- people are having fun tearing at us, tearing us up. It was I, your your career at Rutgers is awesome. You play. I those are it doesn't seem that long ago. Again, those are kind of now become the glory days to us. Which is crazy. Extent. Oh six, you were on that team, right? Like, yeah, I mean, so you you signed as a free agent with the Jets, right? So, what was the transition like from college to, to the NFL? For me, it was, it was difficult because I was a defensive end my whole life in college. Right? We did some dropping stuff, but I was 268 at one point. I was a heavier guy playing defensive end. 
when, and I tore my bicep my senior year. So I played, what, six games, bicep torn, rehabbed it, whatever, you know, signed as a free agent to the Jets. You know, thought I was going to get drafted like everybody does. You're like, yeah, they're saying fourth round. I'm like, who's saying that? I'm like, yeah, they're, they they, they're saying they that. I'm running with them. I'm like, yeah, you know, they're saying fourth round. Who? Well, them told they, and then they told them, and it's fourth rounder. So then, you know, signed, you know, with the Jets, Rex's. Bananas. I wanted to ask if, if you had a good uh, Rex's crazy story. Uh, I mean, the first time I met him, we go in his office. This is his first year as a Jets head coach. Go in his office. I'm I'm all in business mode. I'm like, listen, I'm gonna I'm, somebody's gonna draft me. Suited. I have my suit on. I'm ready to rock. He's sitting down there. He's talking to me. Everything is cool. Talking about the defense, how he likes to play. And he's like, you like to dance? I'm like, what type of dancing do you mean, sir? <laughs> Ain't no Rex. He just. Know, like dancing like a little bit and he started moving his shoulders and I'm like this is not Rex Ryan could you I didn't you know there was an Instagram so if you don't see him you just hear Rex Ryan defensive coach like best defensive coach in history all this stuff I'm like, this is not him because you're expecting that hard no he's just like yeah and he started moving his shoulders he started, a little bit of this a little bit of throwing that <laughs> And I'm just like, man, this is the NFL. This is Did like, you get were you then on was that the hard knocks year? When was hard knocks? The second my, my second year there. The, the let's go eat a goddamn snack is still one of the funniest lines ever by any head coach. He was, he was saying it for like a year before, like, all right, let's go eat a snack. Like, yeah, you're right. Let's go get a like, snack. Sure, coach. Like, why not? No, it was a blast. Those, and that was, you know, we had success, right? AFC Championship game my first year, AFC Championship my second. So I'm like, yeah, man, this is the NFL. I get used to this stuff. All right, just go win. I mean, why not? I'm the only fool thinking that we can win every game, right? My first game in the NFL, I think I had a sack. We, yeah, I played, we played Houston, I had a sack. I'm ready to go to Hawaii. I'm, I'm in the Pro Bowl already. I'm calling my mom. Yeah, you know, I saw that sack. You think you want to go to Hawaii? You know, I'm probably going to be in the Pro Bowl, mom. Yeah, like one sack here, that's 16, right? That, that means <laughs> one a game. 16, it's right? nothing. Yeah. One a game. I only oh, played yeah. a handful of snaps. Oh, man, this is going to be I didn't sniff the quarterback for the rest of the year. <laughs> to me, so for you, do you become hardened as a professional athlete at some point? Like, when does it become just business as business? Because... You go from the Jets, and I mean, you, we can go Cardinals, Steelers. Right. I mean, you've been all over uh, after that. I mean, what's it like trying to, to bounce around a little bit and find a home? You know what? I, I think you 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 fall back on that like in college in the moment, right? You don't look too far ahead. You just focus on today. You focus on their teammate. And the one thing that I, that I was able to do throughout my you know as the years go on is really just try to make a bond with those guys on the team at that moment. Because you can't worry about what happened before, what happened after that. You just try to do your thing, trying to go out there. You know, and some people say, well, you know, just it's about the money, right? And I'm like, nah, because I played for free before. Like, I, I played for free, but I never lost a game, which was like, all right, we lost. It's cool, you know. So it's like the money thing is, is cool, it's great, but you want to win. You want to be the last mm-hmm. team standing. Like, And I think that's something as a competitor, you know, never leaves you. Even if those bowls at Rutgers we won our last game. You know, I know it wasn't a national championship, but still important. This, the feeling that you get, I, I don't think it could be that far off from what they feel when they won the national championship or Super Bowl. Still that that last game, it's the last time being together. We won together, and everybody's just happy because, yeah, we ain't watching this film. I've never watched a bowl game film. You know, you just go play it, you win or you lose, and you just enjoy the time with the coaches and the players around you. So I don't think you get hard, and I think you, you just learn to try to enjoy the moments more. You know, you try to live in the moment. You try to enjoy the teammates, on the, you know, the players. And as a pro, as I got older, 
and playing longer, I've learned to kind of just enjoy the younger guys. I you know, steal their youth. You know, I just breathe it in. Like, come on, guys. Where are we going? All right, I know that dance, too. All right, we're going out again. All right. I tell my wife, hey, yeah, fourth night in a row. The young guy, she's like, you can't handle this. I'm like, I can. I drink water. Yeah, so, yeah, what are your, like, kind of I'm the old man moments? You know like? what? Like, I just, I enjoy, like, the team. I enjoy the young guys, especially in the CFO where you get, you know, guys that are six months there, six months gone. So, you don't you don't get that off-season together when you go together. So it's really you show up, camp, you play the games, playoffs, and then most guys kind of go back home and then come back next year. So I really just try to enjoy the guys. You're going out to eat? All right, let's go. You know, where, where are we doing? Are we, you know, Montreal, Toronto, you know, BC, those good cities up there, you know, just hanging out with them and just try to enjoy it because when you're done, you're done. You know, when you're done, you're done. And when you enjoy the guys you play around, it helps you play harder because you play for those guys. And it, it sounds kind of cliche, but you do – play for guys where you're putting on the line where if you didn't like anybody, I don't know, you may just play for the money. All right, the game's over. But when you're in it, you put it all on the line because when you're done, it's like, say la vie. So so now that you you always come full circle, you're hurt this year, so you're back down in Jersey. So you got to go to the Penn State game. First one of the year. This past weekend. First RU game of the year. Um, So it's obviously been a horrendous couple of years. Shout out to the students. Yeah. This weekend, this <clears throat> game, shout out to the students. They, they, came out. they came early. They were fired up. It's amazing when you hate a school, by the way. You know what? what it, brings, it, it, brings people, it brings people out, <laughs> like, man. You know, these Jersey guys, you know, we don't got lo- that much love for that school in okay. Pennsylvania. It's okay to, like, have little brother syndrome sometimes. Listen, and use it as some motivation. You can Listen, you can hate any school you want if you don't go there. It's not a real hate. It's like, I hate your football team. This I may be a real hate. <laughs> This may be a real hate with them for, for students. Maybe not. The football-wise, it's never probably going to be until you start winning. Yes. Like, we, we totally get right. that. It, this is more yes. of, like, again, having grown up in Jersey and Max having – his, his sister, by the way, goes to, to Penn State. So. Oh, so you get so a this lot. Is, this is really, oh, so you had a rough, really crazy. Rough Sunday? Yeah, she was, at, she was at the game. You, oh, you, man. You grow up in Jersey, and then your friends go there, and then all the, – there's, like – they go out like those normal kids out of high school. They come back, and all of a sudden, they're like cocky, chest out. It's like... Happy Valley, man. Put the fucking peacock tail on the dude. Like, you didn't do anything. Yeah, I guess they're giving out gas down there, it's man. Crazy. Everybody's just going... <laughs> but, I, so, I mean, for you... The students showed up this game. I mean, you, you didn't get to experience... Obviously, the Big East, again, you were 100% right. One of the best conferences at that time when you were playing at Rutgers. Now, different conference, Big Ten. It's a whole different level of competition. I mean, do the guys still talk now? It's kind of like you send a text. Oh, like what's going on there? Of course. Like, I mean, there's group texts. Like I'm in mean, like six with like different Rutgers guys from different eras, and because I kind of played with like some of the guys that never went to the bowl game, and then some of the guys that did. So I'm kind of like an in between. And it is a little bit of like, man, man, this is rough, man, because it's hard. We're in the Big Ten now. You know, it's hard every week, especially the side that we're on. Is I mean, mm-hmm. we got the killers over there. Yep. You know, so it is hard. It is difficult. And you just, you look for the progress, right? You look for, all right, the running back played well. You know, everybody understands you have a young quarterback, you know, freshman, sh- freshman, like, no, not yeah, red no, shirt. I mean, came in January, but freshman. <laughs> you're going to have those growing pains. And you just look for the development, and you just want the team to continue to develop. Right. And that's the one thing I think when I went there, what we felt, because I didn't come in. I wasn't a star. I had, like, a maple leaf and a star, like, maybe. Like, oh, you were going to Rutgers? I was getting a star. So it looks cool on Rivals. You know, so it's not like any of us were top guys. We just developed the right way. Yeah, we just came in, we worked, developed, we learned to win those games early on in the margins where we're going to be great on special teams. Like, you know, just, be, just play hard, no, just tackle good. You know, this 
fight to the end. You know, and some of the stuff you're looking at back now, like, man, we were nuts. Don't tackle him to the ground. Tackle him through the ground. You're like, yeah, through the ground. And you're trying to, like, tackle this guy through the ground. We used to block so many punts. We used to block oh my God. so many punts. <laughs> so many punts. We used to block so many punts. <laughs> like, led the country over I like, had, a few years. I had two. Uh-huh. I had two block, block punts, and it was just off of, like, all right, boom, boom, boom. Yeah, it, like, it went from Beamer ball to, like, Shia. I mean, it was, like, the the everybody talked about Virginia Tech for so long and, and their style of special teams. And, like, we were like, blocking. Greg we were blocking punts. Do you come back in, like, this past weekend and, like, you show, you know, show somebody, like, you know, that extent where the students are right now? Because it may. <laughs> you, said, you said third my, floor at Audi Club? Yeah, you know. Doesn't have one. Pandemonium Piscataway. That's me and the, the guys. The guy. It was more me, though. I, I had to push Brown one time. But the guys, but yeah, it's, it's it is cool to see how the school is developed, how the school continues to you know build and then you know I was talking to um I was talking to who I talked to uh, Sarah Bumgarner, Kevin Malley, just the different guys talking about the new plans, right? What they're doing, you know, and how they're building it up. And it, it is definitely cool to see, man, my hard work, and you feel it. Your hard work kind of went into continuing to grow the school, and I feel that some of the stuff that we did, you know, as a team, are the reason we're in the Big Ten. You know, they're not just putting us in the Big Ten for fun. It's like, all right, we were competitive. We, you know, we draw a crowd. We drew, you know, even when we went to bowl, you know, we traveled well. And I think, you know, that's the thing, kind of your legacy where you live on. You know, that's the thing that you remember and you enjoy is, listen, we helped this get to where we are. And now, you know, hopefully I can be a little bit more help to maybe, you know, get us to the next step, you know, be around and help where I can. And, you know, and a, a lot of the guys, they want to be involved because they want the program to do well. Do you think coaching's – Next step for you once you're done playing? I don't know, man. Like, I, I enjoy this. I enjoy talking about the game. I enjoy telling stories. Not only my stories, but letting other people tell their stories. Because if you think about it, there's on a win, there's the winning quarterback. But there's also the guy that gave up the touchdown, right? And they both have a story which is unique to them from a different standpoint. If you ask Brian Brom about, you know, when we played Louisville, his story is like, man, we were going to the national championship and. You didn't say, you didn't let us go to the national championship. No, so his story is completely different. He could be a national championship winning quarterback. I like it, Jamal Westerman, media member. Yeah, listen, I'm with it, it. And, I, and I've done broadcasting. Right. You know, the NFL does a lot of things where they broadcast boot camps and stuff. So I've done it. So I really enjoy telling stories, talking about the game, talking about just the life lessons that can be learned from the game. Because, I mean, I think football for me is the best game around because it's the team aspect, but also to this the mental and the physical aspect where. You, ha- you do have to fight through some things, you know, and you, sometimes guys don't, but that's why sometimes guys don't make it. Because there is a thing of you do have to fight through some pain to play in this game. I like it. So uh, we appreciate you taking some time. I think this means that, uh, I don't know, I'm smelling like front row tickets to a Hamilton Tiger Cats oh, game. Oh, listen, man, and, come up next year. remote Are You Screw podcast <laughs> up there. And, and, and we'll, on, be, we'll be good. By the way, I didn't even, I usually, when I, like, welcome the guests, we'll say for, like, the first time, but, like, do you, so our podcast is called the Are You Screw podcast. Do you have, before we finish it off, any, like, that is the definition of Are You Screwed well, when you were at school? You kind of had it great. Like, you, mm, I don't know if you, like, now. really... When we see are you screwed? Not just the football. It's the it's everything, man. Parking tickets. Remember now we are listen. Coming outside, you're like, where's my car? And now you're trying to find it. Like they towed it, but where did they tow it to? You're lucky the dark web wasn't really around that back then. And no. after everything happened this year with the whole goddamn parking ticket stuff, see what happened with the park? I didn't hear this. You didn't hear this? Oh, we'll talk. We'll, no, we'll talk, talk about, about it. About yeah, we don't want to. I got you. We don't want to mess with the dark no, web though. Don't no, no, worry. There's plenty of stuff we can do together. We'll be all good. But we appreciate you coming on in, man. And, and best of luck. Get healthy. And uh, it's, it's nice to see. Uh, a Rutgers legacy continue to do well and, and come back anytime you're welcome appreciate cookies it, next time here appreciate right? it I love the studio man it's great <laughs> tell the wife I said hi cookies weren't here but 
you know, I'll come back again and get them, man. Appreciate we'll it, guys. Thanks, man. Well, that was pretty cool. Uh, awesome job there by Jamal to, to come and join us. Uh, fun kind of reliving everything that, that he went through at Rutgers. Kind of some good perspective on that end. He did mention, as he said, he was at the game this weekend uh, referencing Rutgers and Penn State. Uh, Max and I were both there. And this, this honestly, Max, was the worst weekend as a Rutgers fan that I've had that I can remember in a really, really long time. Obviously, Friday with the St. John's loss for Rutgers basketball, a game that we were somewhat looking forward to. Uh, I wasn't expecting them to get blown out and be embarrassed to a certain extent, but that happens. The Penn State game. <laughs> I mean, this is honestly the first time right now. That's the first smile I've actually cracked. Um, when referring to the when game. When referring to the game. Like, I I was, I just, this has been a hard one to get over. And this is kind of the difference between how you and I experience sports. Now, we, we come from different kind of backgrounds. Obviously, you being the tortured Rutgers fan and me being maybe more Rutgers fan, but more on the object, objective side. Something I really haven't talked about much is, so I go to all the games. I'm the spotter and statistician for the Rutgers Football Radio Network. So I'm in this weird position where I'm not really a part of the media I don't work for the athletic department. I work for IMG, but I'm in kind of this weird place where I'm, I'm rooting for Rutgers, but I'm also kind of a cynical, objective kind of guy. And I look at Saturday totally differently than you do because for me, that was the most fun I had at a Rutgers football game in the last three years. They had a shot. It felt like they had a real shot to win the game. So for me, I know it's it's miserable, but. That was fun. Like it was fun to be there and to be like to to be hanging on every play and 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 when the the, the Penn State returner, I think it was Hamler, he fumbles, you know, he fumbles that that or muffs that kick and you think they're going to pick it up like your your heart races for a moment. We haven't had that because the games have been so hopeless for so long. I thought Saturday was fun. Yeah, I it's not that it was intriguing. I I don't I really did not expect them to hang in that game much. Um I did. I was going around. Yeah, I was at your tailgate. Yeah, you were. I, I was yelling, Rutgers yeah. 20, Penn State 17, Rutgers 20, Penn State 17. And. But like you said, I, I after, good man, like, like that was, again, this is year what? Year four in, in or five in the Big Ten? I'm, I'm losing track right year five. now. Year okay. Five. So out of the first five years, if you told me that two of the five times that they played Penn State, that they probably should have. Maybe one, two of them, definitely one of them, and to still have zero wins against them, that is why my frustration, get, I think, boiled over completely on Saturday. But they're going to get them. This is, this is not going to be... Rutgers might never beat Ohio State, but they're going to beat Penn State. Because this, this program is not this overwhelming juggernaut that we kind of thought it was going to be with, with, with James Franklin and, and kind of pick up the steam after Saquon Barkley. Like, they're not, they're not that great. Rutgers is going to get a win against them. See, I, and that's just like, again, what has shown as the Rutgers fan in me, that cynic that is now just like, again, you've had the golden opportunities and you just haven't taken advantage of it. It is just, it is so infuriating. Again, there is real hate. I have real hate for, for Penn State. I just, get that on a shirt. Yeah, I have real hate for Penn State. It is, that is, there's no lying in that. So it, it just makes it so much worse um, when it's against them and... You know, I I don't know what the hell they do anymore. I, I really don't. I mean, from from a everybody today or after the weekend is talking about 
the failure that Art Sitkowski was on Saturday, going to Gio Rochino, and was that the right call? I, my issue with number one, I think the biggest thing that everybody is talking about is, I'll just ask you, I assume you didn't have an issue putting Gio in the, in the football game. I think that after that interception that Art Sitkowski threw, um, I put my hands up to my side and was just shrugging for about 20 seconds because I didn't understand what I had just seen. Because that, see, see, a lot of the bad plays that have been made by Art Zikowski this year have been because he's a freshman, throwing late over the middle, throwing into windows that at the high school level don't close uh, in a college. They do, and you throw interceptions and you learn as a freshman. Whatever that was on that play, that's something you can't get away with in seventh grade football. And so at that point, in a game where Chris Ash is looking up at the scoreboard, his defense is playing well, really well, it's 10 nothing at that point. Why not? Why not? Like, you, you, you look at yourself with a shot. You you can't... That is a play where you can't leave Art Sikowski in the game anymore after that. You, like, that's... You can't make that... That, I, I, that that play took, in my mind, like 25 seconds because I knew he was throwing it away. And when he threw it, I'm like... Did, that's is not that, going is, far that's enough. Not, is that going to be in the field of play? Is that just kind of hanging up there? And then... This isn't going to get picked off, right? And it just fell right into the hands. And I think the, the announcer on TV had a great line his line was it's hard to imagine what that was yeah i i was in disbelief seeing that i don't have any issue going to geo i think i I tweeted at that time i said put like put in geo i'm serious like that was the tweet that i had at that moment from the seats and um this was the one game where chris ash could do he had to do whatever he could to try and win that game because again if you win that game, the narrative changes on your season, on your on your tenure, really. Right. right. Nobody is compl- nobody is going to be talking about firing Chris Ash after the offseason. It would have been the biggest win in Big Ten history for Rutgers, way bigger than the Michigan 2014 yep. win. So, going to Geo to me for the first time, I was kind of like, he's doing something different to try and win the football game, and then all of a sudden, Max. It's 10 nothing. They have the football back with a minute and a half to go. Rutgers has two timeouts. Penn State has three. And Chris Ash just throws away that drive with Gio Rochino, allows Penn State to get the football back. They're lucky they didn't get a touchdown before. It should have been 17 yep. nothing at halftime. It was only 13. That drove me nuts what Chris Ash did at uh, the end of the first half. I, I 100% agree. And, and Chris Ash, after the game, said, oh, we were just trying to get to halftime. Well, in order to get to halftime, you had to get a first down. Now, I would say first and 10 at your own 32, two timeouts. I know you're throwing Geo out there, and I know that he has his limitations in the passing game, but you're 1-9. Just go. Like You, you kind of know Gio Rochino, he, he's not a guy who throws a lot of bad interceptions. Uh, we know he loves to run. By the way, I love when he runs because he does that like <laughs> slow spin move where he, he turns his back to the defender. It's not a smart play. It's very easy to fumble on a play like that, but it's his signature move is the slow spin move into a linebacker. And we know he's limited, but... I don't understand at that point how you just kind of pack it in and let, let them use their timeouts and then give them the ball back. And and that was the point. They just went right down the field. Trace McSorley kind of turned it on, went right down. He, he would have been bad to that point. I think he was like 3 of 14 for 20 yards. And at one point, you saw Tommy Stevens warming up on the sideline I think at one point I looked State. at the scoreboard, the, the ribbon, it was like passing yards for Penn State 37, Rutgers like 10. Like I, I mean, it was just it was a joke on both sides of the football. Uh, so that was... 
a huge issue to me in the way Chris Ash handled the end of the first half. Again, it's the one game where you have to take chances. You have to do anything you can to win, not only for your perception of the fan base, but you said it, Max. They're not that good. You can win that game. You can win the game. Crummy. That is a crummy 15th ranked Penn State team. Right. They're they're just not that good. Again, you're kind of handed this gift of life at home. You've got, like, that crowd was actually into that football game. Like, you had students there. Great job by them showing up. As Jamal Westerman said, great, great, great job by them showing up. So, you get out of the break at halftime. It's it's 13-0. And Geo leads Rutgers... On that drive. All runs. All uh, runs. uh, Well, uh, not all designed runs. Anytime they tried to pass, Gio ran. And he had some nice runs, had a big run on third down, and they drive all the way down the field. We'll get to the fourth down play. We'll get to it because I've got a great story with that. We'll get to the fourth (laughs) down play. (laughs) To me, they get down to that point. Again, Sinek and me, I'm going, oh my God. On first down, I'm going, they're not going to get it. Like, come on, no, man. I'm telling you, that's me. That's just me. That's it's, it's, I know it's in hindsight saying it, but I'm telling you at that time, I know what's going to happen. <laughs> you did not know what was going to happen. No, not, it's, I could not have predicted what was going to happen on fourth down. But from your vantage point, to me, when I lost my shit the first time, that stretch zone read, whatever the fuck it was, I think it was on third down. <laughs> he ran a counter at the goal line. <laughs> Dude, at that point, I mean, that was it for me. At that point, I knew I'm like, oh, they are really not getting in the end zone here. I, yeah. And then all of a sudden, as Max, come, you have come up with the title. Go, go ahead. The, the Fally special. I, I mean, that fourth down play, the timeouts called. They come back on the field. You're just like, I don't know what they're gonna run here. The play starts, Max. And right away, I recognize it. Like, not they have not even pitched the football yet. I see Geo. Geo does not go to the line of scrimmage very often and change anything or call out blitzes. At that point, I looked at my brother, who was next to me. I said, holy shit, they're running Philly Philly. That was exact. That was my quote. He stops behind the offensive tackle. Ball is snapped. Little handoff. Halfback pass time. There's Gio. It's going to work. It's going to work, Max. All he had to do was catch it. And he couldn't do it. And, well, it was... Um, the cool thing about that play is that, of course, Trace... There's needs nothing the, cool about well, that the cool, play. Well, the cool thing about this, the design of the play is that Trace needs a left-handed thrower. So it kind of throws the defense off, and you're not... like it, he, He's the one who has to make that throw. And... However, I know that he drops the ball. <laughs> How great... Was that one second? We're like, oh my god, it's thirteen seven late third quarter against because you're because you're because because you didn't know he dropped it at first. You kind of assumed that he caught it for that like second, and you're like, oh my god, it's thirteen seven late third quarter against Penn State. That was the best second of Rutgers football in years, and that's what made that is what brought out the rage in Adam. <laughs> that is what let me loose, and I had an out of body experience. <laughs> he drops that ball and. I said I just said this a few moments ago. Today is the first time where I am finally smiling somewhat when talking about this play. I, I, I was so infuriated and not the kid made a mistake. It, it, it happens. I, I felt real bad for right. Him. I felt awful. Senior day for Geo to go and have that happen. It wasn't an indictment on him. It was just a com- complete loss of control of emotions for me. So we have 
Uh, we're one of those season ticket holders where we also purchase the seat backs with your seats. We we have the the bleachers with the red seat backs behind us, but then we buy the cushions. We're like the the bougie fans a little bit. I don't know why. I just turn down to my seat and just start ripping the cushion. <laughs> like I don't. I just need to rip something. Like I can't punch anybody. I can't. I'm done yelling at that point. I am just like a dog, like in the front yard <laughs> looking for a bone. And I I ripped out the bottom portion pretty easily. Got it off in like probably 10 seconds or so. They're tied on way tighter than I thought. Um, in the process, I had no idea. I ripped my nail. I am now bleeding. I don't know this yet. Okay? So I take the one cushion, and I probably tossed it like probably like a good 10, 15 rows in front of us. It's a cushion. I know it's not going to hurt anybody. I, I don't, I'm sure I yelled some obscenity. I don't even know what I'm doing at that point. No, that's not enough for me. I now need to go and take the back part of the cushion. And now I need, and that one was a little bit tougher to get out for some reason. I couldn't figure that one out. You know, Einstein that I am, um, eventually got that one. And that one probably went about seven rows forward at that point. I wish I had seen this. And so then I, I sat the rest of the game on top of like basically the shell of the cushions, which is pretty much just a metal rod with a screw. And so um, I was talking to my brother about this yesterday where – there was like a screw pretty much lodged in my ass the rest of the game. Pretty much a perfect metaphor for being a Rutgers football fan. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a podcast, right? yeah. it's the podcast, right? Yeah. the podcast. That is, yeah. yeah. That's like, the RU screw, right? That there. is us. And dude, at that point, uh, you know, I, I was pretty much, I didn't say a word the rest of the game. I sat there. Um, it got to 20 nothing. At 20 nothing, uh, they scored. I left. Um, you know, I'd seen this before. Um, I know they scored to make it 20 to 7. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, I mean, again, it's just. But but you I don't know but, what to say. Here's anymore. the thing: you cared enough to throw the cushion. I did. When's the last like Michigan State in 2015? Uh, when's the last time your heart was pounding and you were really into a game? I know they had a game earlier this season I wasn't against that, Indiana. I, I, I have not been but, that depressed slash actually sat in silence since the Penn State game in 2014. Okay, so that, that but that's good. Yes, no. that's why we go. And I, I know it sucks. And I, you know, and you can say all these stupid things like, oh, without the lows, there's no highs. But that's that was fun. No, you're right. Like, by that way, was I, the most fun I it's, had. It's not while. that I'm, I'm not by any means proud of that moment. By the way, I completely understand that. Like, I lost. Like, I was a nutcase. I was that idiot. Like, I, I wish I, I our booth is right above. Like, me. I could have seen it. If that somebody been would have taken, I'd be viral right now. If somebody would have gotten photo. It, it was that amazing. But like you said. Um, yes, I guess the bright side of it is you care and you kind of had that moment to care, which I didn't think we were going to have that day, but it still, it doesn't make it any easier after the fact. Like you just sit there and you kind of stew because again, you're just wondering, like, are we, is it going to happen at some point? Oh, they're going to, they're going to be Penn State. This is not a behemoth of a program. And I know we probably, Rutgers fans probably said the same thing. I asking that so that you answer it that way to make me happy. Probably said the same thing about West Virginia. But I think this is the difference, again, between you and I and how we experience this. And that you logically understand where this program is. Totally. 100%. And that expecting them to win this game or have any shot in it is beyond what you should. What was my question to you before the season? It, if this was going to be a four or five win team, or a two-win team against Penn State, I'm taking that Penn State right. win 10 out of 10 and times. And you can know that they don't, you don't feel like they have a chance. But in that game, you're sitting there saying, oh, this is the shot. This, is this it, has guys. been miserable all year long. They've been getting blown out. Uh, it's, not, it's, it's been bad. But they can salvage it today. And it's not just they can salvage it today pregame where we're saying, oh, you know, what if some things happen and Rutgers can win the game? No, it's... Oh my God, they're here! Like yeah. this Penn State team is crummy. There's something wrong with Trace McSorley. There's Can you, like, like you said, dude. Thir- imagine 13-7, third quarter for a second. We thought it with the students still there, 
with everybody still there. I mean, that place, even though there was 8,000 less people, probably maybe 10,000 less people than the 2014 game there, maybe would have been louder than that at that point. Yeah. It was it was it was fun. It was fun. I know it was miserable the way it ended, I get but what it you're was saying. I but get it your was point. fun in that we I, again, I don't know how you've experienced the last 3 years, but I've experienced it with just You're like, right. That nanosecond. That yeah. nanosecond where I was like again, cuz your brain went there. And it's weird again when you see it coming and not not the result of that fourth down play when I I literally grab my brother and I'm like, "Oh my god, Philly Philly. Like it's coming." And they run it to perfection, except the right. last part of the execution. Well, the thing I thought when they tossed it to Snead, I didn't see. I, I knew Geo had not been. You just thought end around. I thought he, he was going because he could have run it in. And and I, look, you're you're going to throw that ball. That's the play. Uh, yeah, yeah, He's wide open. You you expect him to catch it. But I thought he was going to run it in. And but but it was you know that was a, an oh, interesting man. play call. It was the only pass of that drive, oh. as we had said. And I felt real bad for Gio Rossino yeah, because he has been like he's been the target of a lot of scoring from Rutgers fans because of what he can't do. But he's the kind of guy that if he had better talent around him, he wouldn't be a good college quarterback. But he could be a guy that's you like figure it out. like who's that guy at at Indiana who's like not Peyton Ramsey, right? He could have been that kind of guy where he's you know he. He's fine, but he he's been here for a while, and he's he's always kind of around the corner. It feels like he's been named the starting quarterback to replace someone else at seven or eight times. But to see him on his senior day to have to do that uh, and drop that ball, it, it's it's tough to see. Now I think he's probably going to start this week against Michigan State. He's from Michigan. After what we saw from Art, that'll that'll be a better way for him to end his career at Rutgers. But I, I did feel really bad for him after that. It, it, it's it's amazing. I mean. Let's get into it. Let's have some. You did some some research and oh, some homework. Right. Um, this is another game now where Rutgers has failed to to throw for more than fifty yards in a football game. It's the seventh time that this has happened under Chris Ash. It's now thirteen times under Chris Ash where they have yet to throw. They couldn't throw for more than a hundred yards. Uh, basically. They are a triple option team without the benefit without the, without of the, the triple option. The, the, the passing offense has just been just. Bad the last couple of years. So so here's some numbers that we have. So I'm going to compare 2015, the last year with Gary Nova and, and Kyle Floods. In 2015, they were 86th in the country in passing yards per game at 207.1. Not great, but fine, right? 2016, 122nd, 138 yards a game. Only non-option team they were ahead of was Tulane. 2017, 125th, 115 yards a game, only ahead of option teams. This year, 126th. Behind Air Force at 134 yards a game, only ahead of option option uh, option teams. 2015, seven 200-yard passing games. The last three years, six 200-yard passing games. Three in 2016, none in 17, and then three this year. Here's here's where we start to get to the ones that are really gonna are really gonna bother you, Adam. All right. Games under 50 yards passing from 2016 to 2018, seven. Games under 50 yards passing from 2001 to 2015, no. three. Oh my God. But two of those were wins in which Rutgers just ran the ball out. There was one against Maryland and one against Army where they won the game and just didn't throw the ball. The last time before 2016 that they had under 50 passing yards in a loss, 80-7, to 2001 against oh, West, West Virginia. Virginia. That was the last time they had been under 50 yards. And it just goes on. Games under 100 yards passing, you mentioned. 13 games under 100 yards passing. Uh, the last 
three years from 2002 to 2015 11 games under under 100 yards passing um, and it just goes on passing yards per attempt last in the country this year uh, they're tied for last last year second to last at five yards per pass two years ago last in the country at passes per attempt they're last in passer efficiency um touchdown passes this is one right they have four touchdown passes this year second to last only ahead of a really four only ahead of a really bad navy team they're behind option run teams and passing touchdowns army georgia tech georgia southern air force all have more passing touchdowns it's it's like it's it's crazy it's crazy how bad this passing offense has been for three years now and i don't know what the hell they're gonna do Let's go option. Let's do it. I'm with you. Let's run the option. We've been joking about it. Then it's kind of become serious. We've seen guys, you know, James Cratch is all over this and it has put his, you know, his mustard behind that, hey, somebody in college football at a power five school needs to try this out. Well, Georgia Georgia Tech Tech does it. Right. But I I guess they meant more like the Big Ten Conference style, Um, you know, what the hell? Why the fuck not? Yeah. Why not? Like, you're doing it now, just without any of the benefits of it. Like, teams have to go and specially prepare for you. You could recruit differently. You could recruit smaller, more athletic guys. You just cut block the entire time. The, the problem is, is that you do need to commit to it. You can't just, like, yeah, like so all right, we're just going to go run the option. I, I know. It's just, I don't, I don't know how anybody sees this offense drastically improving from this year. Again, no wide receiver improvement. The quarterback play, it's a freshman I have not seen what I would have hoped for by this point out of Art Sikowski. You brought it up with the interception. I'm not going to say he's going to be terrible by the time he's done leaving Rutgers. I still think he could be very good, but he's got nothing to work with. And John McNulty right now has nothing to work with. And at some point, that's got to fall on the head coach. Mm. Yeah. Like, I don't, we're in year three, and I can't point to, like, Yes, Chris Ash has done an okay job bringing in some running backs. Like, great. Mm-hmm. That can't be the only thing we point to as a positive. So I don't know. Well, and that's kind of what we, we got into that a little bit earlier, where it's like, yeah, it, it seems weird that 20-7 to against Penn State down 20 nothing in the fourth quarter is the most interesting game of the last three years, but that's kind of where we are. And it, it's mostly because of the passing offense, and I just... Now, Chris Ash did say this week that John McNulty would be back next year. Um, he's going to break the streak. Apparently, he's going to... Well, he was the last coordinator to be there for yes. more than a year. And apparently, uh, unless there's any other changes with the coaching <laughs> staff, uh, that John McNulty will be back. I guess it'll be good to have some continuity. Um, but it's just no one's open. There's no... Like, it's not... The offensive line has had a tough time. Sitkowski took some really bad oh, sacks yeah. in that first half. It wasn't just the picks. Like, yeah. he took some bad sacks. He just didn't... He didn't he didn't have it on Saturday. Yeah. Um, and I just, like you, it's like it's it's not just that they haven't been playing well. It's that I don't really see how it gets better. Right. Because That's- in 2016, you could say, okay, well, the passing offense is bad, but it's the first year, twenty. Right. What, what Drew Merringer is like 22 years old or whatever he was, you know, new hotshot coordinator, it'll get better. And then even last year, Jerry Kill, like at some point you have to, say, where are the reasons this is going to get better? And I just right now don't see any. Right. So I don't know if it's best to blow it up and to get a new offensive coordinator, but apparently if Chris Ash is still here, 
then John McNulty will still be there. So I guess something different in that it's not something different and it's the same coordinator is a good is a good thing. Maybe I don't know. I have no answers. Right. I, I I don't know where it's going well, and I have no answers. I, I think we'll we've talked about it all year. We've been saving it. We're gonna save it until after Michigan State. We will get into the. I think we're gonna have to because he put this on himself with the year that the team has had of what to do about Chris Ash. I don't think now again. This isn't the, we wanted to talk about Penn State. Well, let's, let, let's let Mike be in here. Yeah, we'll, un, we'll unfire him yes, and let him come yes, back. Yeah, sure. We can bring Mike back into it. Um, but you mentioned it earlier. Uh, we both think Gio is probably going to start this game against Michigan State this weekend. And by the way, also, I should know too, we're not going to dive into basketball today. We're taping this on Monday. Tonight, Rutgers plays Eastern Michigan at the rack. They have BU on Friday. Um, it's, a, it's kind of an interesting three-game stretch with Miami mixed in. We'll talk about Steve Peichel's team. I just thought it was a really shitty weekend with a great turnout of fans for the St. John's game, and everybody left disappointed to then kind of have your hearts kind of ripped out on Saturday. It just, it just Stop it a, playing Dorson and Miles Johnson when the other <laughs> team is playing all guards. There's my analysis. And that was talking Rutgers basketball. So we'll, we'll dive into that you know, after Michigan State, and we are officially done with football. Um, Forever, hopefully. No. Yeah, oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know if we'll make it to year two of this with the way things are going. Um, but you mentioned whether or not Geo plays. We think he will on Saturday. He's going back to his home state. Uh, no Mike here, but like we do every week, it's time to go and talk a little bit about the game and then pick our uh, our spread choices. Um, and by the way, we uh, we won. Yeah, we're five and six. Because you guys. Yeah. Yeah, we both, yeah. We both took Rutgers. Yeah. You um, and Mike redeemed yourself this week. Uh, Rutgers was a 28-point underdog, and uh, Penn State didn't get anywhere close to 20. No. Well, they did. I guess 20 sort of close. Yeah. And um, actually, if they... Uh, that end of that first half actually kind of screwed Penn State a little bit. They scored that touchdown there at 17-0. I think they feel good going into the half, mm-hmm. and it takes two scores to... Right. you know, And then maybe Rutgers gets a field goal, and then maybe you're playing with like a push. But right. either way, um, they, they wound up covering. So uh, since... The Duffel Boy, uh, Bag Boy story came out. Rutgers has won. Uh, all, they've been perfect against the spread. Yeah. What's that, four in a row? Yeah, four in a row. Yeah, four in a row. So uh, con- congrats. I, you're yeah. maybe bowl eligible soon against, yeah, we, we gotta against get the, the spread. Got to get the six and six. Um, so Michigan State, they lose 9-6 over the weekend to Nebraska. Snowed, snowed a bit in that snowed game. Snowed a little bit in that yeah. game. Um, by the way, nice job by Scott uh, Frost and what he's done after everybody panicking that the zero win garbage, and now they're, I think they're four and seven now. Um Spread is 27.5 for Michigan State. And I think Michigan State has won all their games against Rutgers by an average of 34 points in the Big Ten. It's so not, it's, it's, that's about it. It's weird. Again, this is not a great Michigan State team. They have not proven to be an offensive behemoth this year. And the Rutgers defense has actually been respectable the second half of the season. Um does, it, does this feel like a sucker bet, like a sucker line? It's a weird line. Like, like I look at it and I say, why is it twenty seven and a half? Why is it twenty seven and a half? Michigan has scored. Or Michigan State has only scored uh, more than tw- twenty eight or more points three times this year. They have not scored uh, twenty eight or more in the last seven games. So to me, I'm thinking like Rutgers plus twenty seven and a half, right? Which makes me say, what do they know that we don't know? This is always a thing for me. I'm always going into these games thinking Rutgers will score no more than 10 points in a game. So I'm always like, how much can the other offense score? Like, how good are they standalone? And then can the Rutgers defense consistently play at the level they kind of have been the last second half of the, the second half of the season? I, I don't know. I, I, 
I kind of feel like this is one where Rutgers will cover. I, I, I think it will be, too. I think it's going to be a boring game. Yes. I, I think it's going to be like— Do you it, kind of see it like last year with just Michigan State pretty much has the ball the entire game, and it's— like well, you that, know they're that not was, in it. That was, that was a, crazy. That was Michigan State set the record, I think, for yeah, time possession, for time like 47, yeah. 47 minutes in some kind in some seconds. The unofficial uh, record for that. I, 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 I just, I don't think it'll be. I think it could be like this past Saturday, and maybe because maybe it's on the road, so maybe it's a little, you know they're a little less competitive. But I, I would say something like twenty to six yeah. or something like that. I'm always get, afraid of that, like thirty-one-three final in a game like this. Where, yeah, like they don't, you know, they're not going to score, and it's like. 21-3 most of the game and all like it's it's a touchdown and if, I, I don't know I'll um I'll give Rutgers the benefit of the doubt they've they've been four zero against the spread the last four games so um I'll cherry pick that and I'll, I think I'll, that's that's the first time you you took them against Northwestern I'll, yeah no, you took them against Wisconsin. Wait, Wisconsin yeah I did take them against Wisconsin yeah this is one of those this is gonna be one of those games it's a four o'clock game it's on Fox by the way think about that you you watch Michigan Ohio right. State on Fox at noon. And then you watch Rutgers <laughs> and Michigan State at, at four. If you if you lose your remote, is, is Gus driving up after the, the, <laughs> the, the Michigan Ohio State game uh, just so they Gu- go Gus to East jo- Lansing? Gus Johnson can make that game uh, more interesting. But uh, it's like this is going to be one of those games where you're going to be looking around the calendar at three thirty and be like, all right, I'm going to watch the Rutgers game, but. I don't necessarily want to. Uh, you've got Auburn, Alabama. You're pretty much going to the fridge, try and eat as much like Thanksgiving leftovers as possible. Be like, I'm going to try. At, I have got to fall asleep by the end of the first quarter and just wake up at towards the middle of the fourth. Yeah. Like that's your I, goal. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be like. Okay, I would be surprised if they won the game. But this, I'd be very surprised this Michigan State the team, they're not any good. Like they're not. They're not better than Penn. They're not that much better than Penn State. I know they beat Penn State, but they're not much better than Penn State. And. If Listen, Rutgers, we pretty much said that Rutgers and Penn State were even after losing 42-7, to, and it kind of was like, yeah, there's not a huge talent gap, and I, I guess Michigan State wasn't, I watched most of that game in Happy, you know, for the, the game that they played in Happy Valley against Penn State, and neither team was that impressive, so yeah, I guess it wouldn't surprise me if this is a two-touchdown game, you know, by 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 the final score. But we're really going to be, it looks like we're going to be looking at a 1-11 season, that's just, it's, it's crazy. I don't, what is, um, uh, you texted Mike, what's, what's Mike's official Mike, uh, Mike took Rutgers, uh, plus 27 and a half, let me get his, uh, his analysis, it wasn't, it wasn't very cutting edge, but I feel like he I didn't scout be. Michigan State. I said, I, I said, State. what's your spread pick? It's Michigan State minus 27 and a half. He goes, are you? Why? I'm going to read it verbatim. Because Rutgers has reached that right zone of bad, but covering. They're not embarrassing anymore. Just regular order bad. Also, is Michigan State that good? So, you know. Pretty spot on analysis. Yeah, that works. Pretty much what we said. All right. So, I mean, we're taking Rutgers now. Uh, you were going to, it sounded like you were going sweep 3-0. Yeah, we're all taken. Yeah, we're okay. going. We're going Rutgers. So, uh, so there, there you go. If you're you're looking to, to put some money on, I if, I don't, I don't if, know. If you spent uh, the first two months listening to us and like going off of our picks, you were doing a good job. But since then, we have not. Uh, we started the year four and one, I think. Yeah, and that has not been great since then. But we won last week. We're going to six and six. We're going to a betting bowl. Right, we're five and six right we're now. We're five and six. Okay. Yeah. All right, that's fair. Um, yeah, plenty to talk about. You know, hopefully this will be a week where everybody can enjoy this over Thanksgiving. Uh, we do appreciate everybody if you keep on, keep sharing the stuff, throw it out there. This was an awesome. This was fun today. Uh, Westerman was so good. I mean, he we, was so honestly, good. we spoke to him for just as long after the interview as well too. Just about everything, you know, just to continue our conversation. 
he's such a good guy and for him to come and do that with us in person we really appreciate that so into our into our studio yeah. slash not studio we're gonna have to make it up uh, to a cfl game at some point yeah. i think we corner our way into that yeah go out there and get the uh, vip and, treatment yeah yeah fucking rock and all denim suit and we'll be uh, we'll be good to go up yeah. to uh, the friendly canadians so <laughs> Uh, I guess enjoy your Thanksgiving week. Um, we'll talk plenty of Rutgers basketball on the back end. We'll wrap up Rutgers football next week, and maybe we'll actually get into it. Will Chris Ash be back for next season? But for the time being, thanks for listening. Great job by Jamal. Uh, it was a pleasure. Mike, you are unfired if you want to come back next week. Max, pay the players. See you guys. Oh, oh, oh we're down. Oh, oh, oh. So we're down, we walk, way down we walk.